0: I actually think it's more important Mm -hmm. because if you don't have good employee experience, if they're not happy doing what they're doing, then they're not going to be doing a good job, which is going to impact you, whether you're selling something or you're recruiting people or you're servicing.
1: This is the Rebel HR Podcast, the podcast where we talk to human resources innovators about innovation in the world of HR. If you're a people leader or you're looking for a new way to think about how to help others be successful, this is the podcast for you. Rebel on, HR Rebels. All right, Rebel HR listeners, really excited for this conversation today. If you're an HR practitioner, if you're trying to hire people, if you're struggling to hire people, I think you're going to want to stick around for this discussion. Today, we've got Michael Yinger, the founder and board member at sievecom He's a high-performance, forward-thinking exec with 20-plus years of experience building teams managing global organizations, and providing strategic guidance to C-suite and boards of directors. Uh, Resume Steve is an HR tech startup. As CEO, Michael is responsible for strategic direction and operational oversight in the ever-changing industry of HR tech. Welcome to the show.
0: I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: Well, really, really excited about this. We were talking before we hit record. I think this is just a a really great fit for for our listeners who are going to be dealing with some of the woes of recruiting, screening resumes, and trying to find the right people for the organization. So a ton we can talk about today. But before we get into that, I'd like to start off by talking about uh, what got you interested in HR tech and uh, what prompted you to start Resume Steve.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, you're right. These are interesting times when it comes to what's going on with technology and with hiring. I've been in the specifically in this space for about 20 years. Um, I started more on the process side, and that morphed very quickly into uh, working with and then even managing the uh, technology in the early days. I, I worked for an RPO company uh, in the early 2000s, and went from there to uh, that was that was uh, Ronstadt SourceRight, which some people may know. And then I went from there to Aon Hewitt, and then we got bought uh, by PeopleScout. So that that was 20 almost 20 years worth of hands-on, and the technology was always a big piece of it, right? It, the area where I had the most traction is sort of that interface between. The process and the technology, it, it, all too often, one is thought of instead of the other, as opposed to how the two of them work together. And so you end up with a situation where either the technology doesn't work, or the process has to be completely changed, because they didn't take the technology into pl- into considering in the first place. So that's what I was doing up until 2020, then COVID hit. And so, you know, I'd like a lot of other people, I've got a COVID story, which was, uh, you know, we took a major hit um, at uh, People Scout, and I was um, let go, along with a lot of other people. And rather than just sort of sit on my heels, I was looking around for what I might do next. And the, a couple of the other folks uh, who are, are co-founders with me reached out to me and said, look, we've got this technology, and we've got this idea for a company. Would you like to come help us work on it? And so that was 18 months ago. It was unexpected, um, appreciated. It's been a, it's been a, a great time up till now. We've done a lot of really interesting things and continue to evolve from where we started. And that's that's how I got to where I am today. And in terms of of what we're doing with Resume Civ.
1: Awesome. You know, I'm just really fascinated to learn a little bit more you know, about the, about the organization. Um, So, you know, it's, it's in my notes, it says it's an AI powered candidate evaluation platform designed to ignore biases and look purely at talent. So, you know, as, as I think about that, you know, just really fascinating to understand how does this system kind of differentiate talent from from bias. And, and,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. and,
1: and, and how, how does it work?
0: Sure, sure. It, 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 because of course, the immediate assumption, I'm, I'm totally there with you is, well, if you've got AI, don't you run the risk of having bias. It's where we're using the AI that makes us a little different than anybody else. The way, the way our tool works is you, it, you ingest resumes and you've got a job that you've either ingested or you've created in the system, and then you're evaluating the resumes against that job. The AI component is in the parsing of the resume. So there's no judgment going on. It's really, do I understand what this document is? That's what the computer is going through, right? right. That's, what, that's what the AI, the AI is learning how to read resumes. And if you've ever seen a resume that, you know, format, pages, you know, uh, graphics, it's all over the place, right? So the AI is learning how to read resumes, and at the same time, as the parsing is going on, it's capturing any new jobs it's never heard of, it's capturing any new skills that it's never heard of, so that our taxonomy for how we're evaluating the resume is growing over time. We're actually using an algorithm to compare the the, the required criteria against the parsed resume. And so it's arithmetic. There's no judgment going on. It's simply... We're looking for skills, we're looking for job titles, we're looking for education, certification, uh, language capability, visa status. Those are the kind of things that we're looking for. And it's either there or it's not there. And if it is there, how long has has it been present? And how recently has it been present? Now, for example, I've got some computer programming in my background uh, back when there were punch cards. Is that really a relevant skill? You know, if someone's looking for a computer programmer, you know, okay, great. Yeah, I, I did that when it was punch cards. Uh, dating myself just a bit. So, so inherently, the evaluation is based on the skills that are either present or not present. And so, so hence, it's, it's an objective evaluation of the skills. Now, I will tell you that what comes next could bring back in bias, because what comes next is somebody deciding who to interview. Mm-hmm. that's that's the nature of the challenge in the recruitment space isn't it that you can you can make the system as neutral as possible and of course there's always an interesting conversation about what does neutral really mean and you got people making judgments on who to talk to and what the outcome is from that that's it's uh it's, it's an interesting challenge that we have to continue to work on as we you know face the the ongoing conversation of uh that that D E and I really brings to the front.
1: No, that's fascinating. And um, you know, admittedly, I haven't I haven't made the leap to AI supported recruiting yet. Um Mm -hmm. and I would say, you know, from my perspective, it's maybe a little bit fear based, you know, I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's kind of it's a, it's, it's new, you know, but the context of maybe that fear for me is, you know, I'm afraid if I do bring in an AI screening tool that I might, you know, have implicit bias in that tool or that, or that I might be screening out candidates that have, you know, maybe a gap in their resume because they, you know, took a few years to raise a family or, you know, maybe they were incarcerated, but they have all the skills that we need in, you know, in a manufacturing setting. And and that's great. (laughs) You know, it's so, you know, that that's maybe one of the reasons there. And then, but then as you, as you described that, you know, my, my, I took an interesting uh, direction with my thought and, you know, the other day I was trying to figure out, okay, how many people have I interviewed over the last almost two decades in HR? And it's, it's, it's well above the thousand level. I mean, it's probably five to 6,000 total interviews over the course of my, my career. And I mean, we're talking high volume recruiting, retail, manufacturing, you know, I mean, that's, that was like the first 10 years of my career. And what you just described is essentially what my brain was doing. It was figuring out, okay, what are the key things I need to look for? And how do I screen? Because I might only have, I don't know, 30 seconds per resume right. if I actually want to get through this 300, exactly. <laughs> these 300 resumes. And so, you know, that's, so that's really intriguing to me to think that I might, you know, it, unintentionally creating an algorithm. And then the, the second area that my brain went to was, and that was inherently biased, Every single one of those algorithms that I created in my own head, because as my career has progressed, I've learned, oh, that that was a bias. That was a bias. And I've evolved and adapted as I've become you know, more aware of these implicit biases that are just naturally ingrained in me because of, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, well, I, yeah,
0: I, 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 <laughs> think think about it in this regard, that even if let's say you've got 300 resumes which would be a miracle today right <laughs>
1: yeah this yeah. we're talking like but,
0: we're talking yeah, like let, early let, 2000s <laughs> yeah let, let's say you have 100 and that's not unusual right you see jobs posted on linkedin and they say well we've already got 100 applicants whatever by the 10th app by the 10th resume are you looking for the same things are you looking at it the same way by the time you get to the 20 and so that's not bias that's fatigue right. yeah repetition bore, uh, you know boredom um I I was talking to a, a TA lead a, about our tool and and she said, Well, you know, we just posted a job. She was she was looking to hire a recruiter to recruit nurses, both very hot things right now. This is mm-hmm. early on in COVID. She had seven hundred applicants in thirty-six hours, so she cut off the she cut off the, the posting. Okay. I said, What'd you do? She said, We printed them out. Three people, four weeks evaluating the resumes. Oh, and I my. said Okay, well, <laughs> you know, what, what, you know, was there something wrong with that? She said, Yeah, I probably wanted number 701. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's that that's the beauty of something like the, the, the sieve, which is what we call our tool, um, our first tool. The, it, you have the ability to quickly evaluate that entire stack of resumes or maybe the entire stack of resumes that you've ever gotten because we save them for you. Looking for somebody who has a who's a match to whatever your opportunity is now, and oh, you get some more tomorrow. Great, put those in and let's reevaluate all of them again, and then see who comes out on top. Oh, you don't want Java, you want um, you know uh, you'd rather have C plus. You'd rather go back in time. Great, reevaluate them again. All of which takes just seconds to to evaluate. It it really is a we think it it. For some organizations, it's going to be a game changer. Now, you know, you'll, you know, it's, it's very easy to say, well, this is in certain applications already. That's true. There are rudimentary searching and matching tools in some, but not everybody has access to those. You know, does everybody have the wherewithal to sign up for, you know, Oracle HCM or SAP or iSIMs that, that have some of these embedded tools? No, they don't. They're going with a Zoho or a Greenhouse, which is you know a little more approachable and more financially uh, financially acceptable. As of today, we integrate with Zoho. We're integrating and Greenhouse, and we're in the process of integrating with Bullhorn. Hmm. You, you've got your job in there, you got your resume in there. All all you'll have to do is is click a box. We'll integrate, create the integration for you, and then you can pull down your jobs and your resumes and evaluate them in the sieve, and then decide who you want to hire, and then continue on with your applicant tracking because these, particularly these, these accessible systems, I don't want to denigrate them because they fit a really broad spectrum of the market that, you know, they don't have all the bells and whistles, you, you, you know, you, you gotta look around for what's, you know, what, how can I add value to it? And that's where something like the, the comes in.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, that's really interesting. So, and I mean, you've, you've been in the industry for, for long enough, you know, (laughs) you get it like the, you know, the comment on fatigue and you know, I reflect on this, um, the, the time intensive aspect of recruiting yeah. is just, it's, it's really hard to get away from. And, you know, I think one of the challenges in, uh, th- that I focus on is, you know, trying to remove the, the you know, the non-value added uh, functions and, you know, value add for me is, is literally screening. It's, it's actually understanding, does this person fit? Um, but, but sifting, <laughs> yeah, sifting. that's, that's, that's exactly another, right. that's a little bit of a different challenge where, you know, it, yeah, you, you, you get a, you get a couple hundred resumes. Yeah. Uh, God willing, you get a couple hundred resumes yeah, in yeah. today's market. Um, and then, yeah, by, by, by resume number 30, you're, you know, you're at a certain point you just forget, Oh, what, what was that first one I liked? What's different about this one? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, am am I being too hard? Maybe, you know what? I haven't found the right one yet. Maybe I'm being too, maybe maybe I'm being too hard. I need to ease up. Right. And then, so then every resume after that, it's like, you're looking at it with a little bit better perspective or the flip side is, oh, I've already got 10 in the, in the pool and gosh, I can't, I can't deep screen these 10. I better, I better start being a little bit more, you know, specific about what I want. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's there's just no science to it. Right. It's truly, it's, it's really just a personal kind of an art. Um, and, uh, it, it, but yeah, I mean, you know, another word for art is, you know, biased, (laughs) Uh, right. You know, I mean, I I like to tell people resumes, uh, resumes are art. Um, and everybody has an opinion and everybody's wrong, just like art. Right. Yeah,
0: It's it's, it's a great analogy. (laughs) And 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 it's so true. You know, back to something else that you said, uh, you, you were talking about, you know, screening people out and how, you know, your concern on the AI that it might screen people out. Uh, there was a, a really interesting study done by Harvard, uh, published just recently, that talked about that significant numbers of people that are screened out amounting to tens of millions of people who could be viable, but the system screening them out before anybody really has a chance to look at them. And it's exactly mm-hmm. the kind of factors you talked about. Is there a gap in their history? You know, maybe they the, the the length of period of the jobs is too small or, you know, any number of these sort of technical things that a system learns to screen, which brings you to the challenge of AI. I, I think AI is, is a wonderful bit of science and, and fully support the continued development of it. And the key to making it successful is how is the system learning? And is the system learning, right? I I was talking to a CEO who had a, I won't say the name, had an applicant tracking system that had an AI module. And he was kind of pissed because he was paying for the AI module and the recruiters weren't using it. Mm. I said, well, why not? He said, because they don't like the results that they get. And I said, well, were they providing feedback back to the system? He said, no, they just stopped using it. Okay, that system hadn't learned anything yet. Yeah, you know, and, and you know whether or not it learns the right things—that's a whole different issue, right? It's you know the the, the horror stories of training a, an AI <laughs> chatbot to be, uh, you know,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: spouting some sort of an agenda. <laughs> you know, that uh, Microsoft learned that in eight hours, didn't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, or like yeah, the uh, what is it, the AI? There, there was some AI that like decided that uh, the world was doomed and we all just need to give up and, you know, yeah. after spending a few minutes on the internet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah that's, that's, so you, you, you begin to see that and, and, and then there's a whole aspect of AI, not to go too deep into it. There's a whole aspect of AI around, you know, how do you decide what's neutral? Um, I, mm. I read an article just recently that was talking about sort of the, the, the societal ethics of training ai's to to be neutral but it's it's whose definition of neutral you know i'm not attempting to get political here and you look at our political discourse and you say well (laughs) who would you listen to if you were trying to to create a a a neutral platform because they're not absolutes right they're opinions yeah it's 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 an interesting challenge i I think over time we'll we'll come to grips with it and the, the AI has really backed off from where it was in the early days where, you know, AI was going to be picking the person. It's not so much that anymore. It's helping with sourcing. It's helping automate the process and make the process more accessible. Um, but it's, uh, you know, the, there's, there's a lot less of this. Well, AI is going to be picking who the next person is who's going to run your company. That, that, it doesn't That language doesn't seem to be out there so much right now.
1: Yeah, you know this is, is is such an interesting conversation, and you know depending on you talk about neutrality, depending on your your school of thought, you know if you go out and you start googling, you know AI recruiting, you're gonna see you're gonna see a ton of people that love it and a ton of people that hate it, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. just uh, literally just yesterday I was sc- uh, scanning through LinkedIn and uh, uh, Johnny C Taylor Jr. the president of Sherm. Uh, made a comment about why it's risky for HR to rely solely on technology using the example of a woman who took five years off to care for her developmentally challenged child and that, you know, the screening system might, might miss that, that individual. But one of the commenters was, um, had a really great point. Uh, His name's Ira Wolf. He's actually been a past guest on this podcast. And his comment was, listen, technology just does what you want it to do. Exactly. So, so that, exactly. you know, the bias or the risk of technology is actually just getting it set up correctly yeah. and then enabling it to do what you want it to do. And I, and I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it in that context, but I think that fits exactly what you just described, which is, you know, leveraging it, um, you know, for good <laughs> in, yeah. instead of, uh, instead of, you know, the, the other, uh, the other, the other, uh, angle. So, so as you, as you think about your system, as your program, you know, is learning, how do you, how do you get those inputs? Is it, does the customer actually help the AI learn what works within their organization? Is that how, is that how it works? And now a word from our sponsors. When Molly, Patrick, and I started to figure out how to start our own podcast, we didn't know where to start. Thankfully, we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout makes it super easy for us to upload our episodes, track our listeners, and get listed on all the major podcast networks. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. I know that you're one of our listeners, so you've definitely got something to say. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partner. and The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. And now, for listeners of Rebel HR, you can get a $20 Amazon gift card sent to you from Buzzsprout by clicking in the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Are you looking to grow your personal brand or your business brand? Take it from me that podcasts are a great way to do it. Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to the brands that we buy from. What better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your personal story on a podcast? I have had great success with KitCaster. Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. And let me tell you, it's all about the right human connection. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you for a limited time offer. Listeners to the Rebel HR podcast can go to www.kitcaster.com backslash rebel to get a special offer for friends of the podcast. Rebel on.
0: So, well, it, so there the are two aspects to it. One is the, the, the system is learning as it's going through the resume, um, what what it, it's looking for and and how to find it and how to... Um, you know, be more effective. And then it's saving those results and adding it into the taxonomy. Now, we, we do have a customer feedback loop because one of the things that we found early on was often just because of the way somebody was was typing something in, they couldn't find the skill they were looking for. We actually found out something kind of humorously interesting about the, the accounting profession. We were talking to an accounting company and they really couldn't, they couldn't find senior accountant in our skills list. Well, senior account not a skill; that's a job description.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we, you know, we've adjusted to that. And what we've what we've done is we've said if you can't, if you really can't find what you want, click here, and we allow them to input it, and they send it to us. We evaluate it because maybe they're just spelling it wrong; mm. it could be that simple. And then we will fold it into. So we are allowing for some input into it. We we talked about actually allowing them to change it on the fly. And we've held off because then suddenly that big thumb on the scale thing starts to come up that, you know, someone doesn't get doesn't score well because, you know, that, quote, unquote, our system didn't see the skill in their resume. Well, maybe it was there and somebody just wants this person to score higher. And, you know, we we're trying to we're trying to make it easy for people to, to remain compliant. And so for now, we will take feedback and we will adjust as necessary. And the system is learning as it goes along. What, you know what's missing, if you will. Again, it's not making any judgments about whether it's good or not, or whether it's present or not. It's just, you know, what do the what are the what do these words mean, and and should they be in there in our criteria?
1: No, that's that's interesting. And you know, the other thing I was thinking about as you mentioned that is the, you know, how critical how critical it would be to get the job description right and that position profile, right. And actually yeah. <laughs> t- take the time to actually make sure you're not asking for a, a purple squirrel or a unicorn yep. that doesn't exist. And that it's actually what determines success or failure in the role. <laughs>
0: <One> <laughs> the, that's of, a
1: whole nother conversation.
0: Well, <laughs> one, one of the first bits of feedback we got from, from testers was, boy, it would be really nice if you could just ingest the job description. And my perspective at the time, at least internally, was I think it'll take more time to adjust and ingest a job description than just to create it. Because you know with our, with our system, you can create a job. Once you know the system, which is true of any system, in two or three minutes, you can create the jo- what you're looking for. You know, what are all the skills you're looking for? How much of the skill and so forth? But we do allow ingestion of the job description. So what happens is... I wrote a job description for a sales professional, and I ingested it, and it ended up with like 25 different skills. Well, I really only needed five. There were really five that I was critically interested in, hmm. so I had to edit out the other 20. And so I ended up being right, even though we put the the capability in, so that you know, if you want to ingest a job description from your ATS, we will do that for you, and then you can ingest it. Uh, it's, it is, it, it's an interesting skill writing a job description, um, you know, all too often, how much of it is, is measurable. That's really the key. You know, the, uh, you know, the soft skills versus the hard skills that it's, it's, jo- and, and um, there there, I, I had one client at a, at a previous company. Um, they had 10,000 job descriptions because that's how oh, many jobs oh, they had. That's oh how my. many jobs they had. Every single job had its own job description just maintaining that (laughs) it's uh yeah yeah there's a a lot of room for efficiency in the recruiting process (laughs) you know at the end of the day that's that's what we're going for we're you know we're taking a whack at a really big piece of the recruiting life cycle which is you know, you called it sifting, and you, you lifted that. I know, right from our marketing. Why sift I didn't, when you can sieve? I
1: promise, I didn't. I'm not. <laughs> no, and I, it's
0: perfect. It's <laughs> why sift when you can sieve.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Oh, there you go. Hey, it's, if you're looking for market development, exactly development
0: professionals, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just to give you a little bit of stats, we we think on the average you can save about seventy percent of the time that you spend today evaluating resumes. Uh, and that right. translates into as much as a 35% uh, savings in time to fill. Well, that's tremendous. You, t- you talk about 35% change, savings in time to fill. If you've got three recruiters, you only need two. And I'm not advocating getting rid of recruiters. In today's market, what's the hottest job out there? A recruiter, because there aren't <laughs> enough of them. Because during COVID, they went and they found different jobs. Right. And of course, now that everybody wants to hire like mad, they not only need all those recruiters back that got laid off during COVID, but they need more. They aren't out yeah. there. So why not make the recruiters that you've got more efficient? Yeah. Very cost <laughs> Very repeatable.
1: <laughs> I just hired a recruiter. Yeah. Um, let me tell well, you. How, yeah. Let me tell you how how hard that was.
0: And and uh, yeah, you're probably paying <laughs> a lot more than you hope to. Uh,
1: yeah, significantly. You know, if this was yeah. uh, this was uh, back when I started as a recruiter, <laughs> uh, just a, it's a little bit of a different uh, different game now, but. You know, I think that's so, that's so interesting, you know, to think through, you know, not just recruiting as a soft skill, but thinking about kind of the, you know, the, the mathematical uh, approach. And, and, you know, from my perspective, I, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily um, anything wrong with, with utilizing AI, as long as it's done appropriately. And I got to feel like there's, I got to feel like there's a balance there, right? Like you shouldn't have like robots hiring from start to finish like there has to be a human element in there somewhere um but but in the same context yeah i mean i just thinking about the the workload i think uh my organization we don't, and we're not a very large organization we don't do a ton of hiring we've done more hiring in the last year than we have in probably the last 5 combined sure. uh, we still had to screen through almost 4000 resumes over the last few months yep. you know and and that's uh for my team that's uh either uh, one of two recruiters or a hiring manager that's going through and, and going through these 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, uh, resumes in some cases to find the ideal candidate and wasting their time. So it's not even, you know, in my organization, it's not even a recruiter that's looking at these resumes. A lot of times this is a hiring manager that should be leading and, and driving, you know, uh, you know, revenue or helping customers in some way, shape or form. And so, You know, so, yeah, so I, if I can find a way where I just give them, here's five pre-screened, right? You look through these five and then you tell me uh, who you want to continue the path down and we'll help, you know, help organize and coordinate. You know, for me, that's kind of the, that's the true north. That's the ideal. Um, and you know, my approach is, you know, talent selection shouldn't be an HR function. It needs to be a business function and HR supports it. But if I can give qualified candidates to my hiring managers, now I'm giving better customer service to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this, you know, it just makes sense to me to, to think about this as a potential opportunity.
0: Well, it, and what, what you're describing is one of the features that we have built in, which is, let's say you have 100 resumes and you, you run them through the sieve and you've got them rank ordered and we break it down by those who meet the criteria and those who don't. You can collaborate with your hiring manager within the system. We have we have it set up so that you can you can invite the hiring manager and the two of you can look at the list. So you talk about giving five pre-screened uh, candidates to hiring manager. Great. Well, the hiring manager says? Well, you know what? I'm not sure I like all those folks. You know, show me the next five. Yeah, <laughs> they're right there. You know, you don't have to go back and and, and figure out who the next best five. You've already got them.
1: Or or my favorite is um, the oh, I love this candidate, but I'd like to see three more. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> like <laughs> but you said you love
1: this candidate, anyways. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We need a couple of drinks to go through those stories. I'm sure. Oh, sure, sure, <laughs>
0: nonstop, nonstop. <laughs>
1: so, you know, I think that, you know this is just really interesting for me. Very, very, uh, you know, very eye opening. And like I said, this is something that you know we haven't incorporated in my organization. I'm not sure you know, if any listeners out there have had success with, with uh, incorporating this, we'd love to hear about it. Let us know. And, you know, I'd love to hear some testimonials. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted to touch on is a, a little bit about um, how HR tech has been a little bit of a swing and a miss in the past. And it's, you know, there, there have been some, some pretty, you know, publicized <laughs> situations where HR tech has just quite, quite frankly, kind of failed recruiters. And so, you know, as you take a look at that and as, you know, as, as you were building your organization, what, what missteps were you thinking about? How, how were you making sure that your, your system did not do that?
0: Yeah, and we did think a lot about that. Uh, part of the challenge, I think, all too often has been complexity. There's more mm-hmm. complexity than you really need. I, I, I speak with a little bit of authority because I was a, a Taleo administrator and also a, a PeopleFluent administrator back in the day. So, you know, I do understand sort of the nuts and bolts of some of these these technologies. And, I, you know, I, 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 I sat in on a presentation today and they were talking about, well, we can integrate with any technology. The recruiter just has to go in and use Zapier to do this and do that. And I'm thinking, you're going to ask a recruiter to drive an integration between your technology and their technology, is that putting the burden in the wrong place or what? <laughs> you know what? What, what re, re, recruiters want to recruit, right? Recruiter, recruiting is fundamentally a sales position, and it's driven yeah. by conversation, connection. That's what it's driven by. Even even in the high volume space, you know. A lot of the uh, a lot of the ghosting that goes on today, mostly in the high volume space, although so not entirely. A lot of the ghosting goes on because people never get a connection with the, with the, the company. You know, you, right. if you talk about it, an end to end electronic recruitment process, there is there is nothing that that candidate has connected to except a job and a paycheck. They they haven't gotten a sense of your culture. They haven't got a sense of the kind of people who are in your organization. This is why. I mean, someone made a sort of a bold statement on a webinar just a while ago saying, well, you know, eventually recruiters are going to go away. I, I don't believe that.
1: No, I, I don't buy that it, at
0: all. It, it, it's, you know, maybe maybe it's because I'm in the industry, but it's it's about the human connection. And if you lose that human connection, and that's, and I, I so I, I think that the, the technologies that have been more successful have been the ones that have been really easy to use. And, you know, you're not forcing that recruiter to become a gearhead. Uh, it's you know it's it, you know some are because they enjoy it, and you know most most people aren't. They they they'd rather just the technology to do whatever it is they need to do without all the the the, the complexity. And you know some of the, there are some vendors who are trying to fix this. You know primarily through sort of end to end offerings. You know you get a whole suite of things. You think of you know some of the the big companies that, that will do things end to end. Even that hasn't quite gotten there yet. Um, I think the other the other thing that that uh, early on was was when the um, the big ERP companies, Taleo, you know, Oracle and SAP, you know, and they were offering recruiting, but it was a sideline. It yeah. wasn't. It was just you know you bought this and so you got this for free. Fortunately, they've moved away from that and they are they are more concerned with how those individual components work. But I. I think that the, the biggest failing in general has been the excess of complexity features that people just don't need yeah. or they don't work the way that you say they would, they do.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, as you mentioned that, you know, a little bit of a light bulb went on in my head from my, my past experience. So I've used the big ones and I won't use the name, but really, really, um, intricate system, yeah. uh, integrated with everything you would ever want. And, but using it as a recruiter was like, you had to learn like 17 different workflows and then just to get an offer through the system correctly was like, it was like an act of Congress. It would take weeks in some cases, whereas now I got this super simple system. I got a great recruiting admin. We can get an offer out in an hour, right? You know, and it's, and it, from, from interview to offer extension and we can have somebody onboarded in a, in a in the matter of a few hours and, and hired literally the next day, if we need to, you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like it, we just, we just kept like stupidly simple. Yeah, no, <laughs> so we, I did, we didn't it, outsmart ourselves.
0: Right? <laughs> I, did, I, I had a, I did an implementation many years ago and the HR lead came to me and said, okay, we're going to change out and we're going to go with this, uh, this other system, which is a, a, a part of a suite that our vendor is offering us. And I said, okay, um, you're probably going to regret it. And, he, and he, he she said, why? And I said, well, you know, you're, you're just, it's going to be more clicks. And she said, oh no, no, they tell us everything. That's okay. She came to me after three months and said, why is it taking 40% longer <laughs> to recruit? And I said, because you moved from a drag and drop system to a step and status system. And so you're doing 40 to 50% more clicks. What can I do about that? I said, go back to the old system.
1: <laughs> right. The system's a system, right? That's how yeah. it's structured.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, it, you know, I think some of that is still true today, that there, you know, there is just, there's a level of complexity with some of these systems that makes them harder to use, really yeah. does. And that's, that's I think, is, is a really sort of a generic disservice that's been done on the part of the part of the industry.
1: Well, I think it is. It's really interesting, and I do think recruiting is one of the more exciting aspects of human resources. I, I do think it's going to be, it's going to change significantly. I don't see recruiters ever going away, but I think a lot of the focus over the next few years is going to be on the user experience. You know, that UX, yeah. and yeah. if that, it, you know, if you if you can come up with that like that frictionless experience for the user, for the recruiter, save them a ton of time, make it just easy, and kind of you know make it yeah, just like as simple as using. Uh, you know, Facebook or Twitter yeah, or, yeah, exactly. or uh, you know, eventually we're going to be, we're going to be scrolling through the, uh, you know, TikToks of candidates or whatever. I mean, you know, who knows what's coming up, but um, it's, you know, it's, I, I feel like that's, that's coming up and the, the organizations that can do that and kind of understand that. Um, are, By the are way, t-
0: TikTok has already done that.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? I, okay. So.
0: They're, 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 yeah. they're testing, <laughs> they're testing recruiting videos. <laughs> and I think it's, it, it reminded me a lot of, of when there was conversation around um, virtual reality applications yeah. and, and things like that. There are jobs and there are industries where that will work in. If, 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 if you're trying to go fast, giving a hiring manager 10 video interviews that are 15 minutes long to look at, that's, that, that, that's a non-starter. No. No, that's a non-starter. But if you're, if you want to hire a creative person, uh, you know, I mean, I could, I can see it. There's a niche for that. kind yeah. of
1: thing. <laughs> yeah. I think niche is the right word. Yeah, but is- I tell you, if, if, if I get a TikTok video with somebody like with like a, like a cute puppy doing a trick or like, you know um, I don't know, I, it, it knows my feed. So it like, it's just crazy how these algorithms work, but you know, it knows that I want to see like videos of like home repairs, which is like uh-huh. the, the weirdest niche in, in TikTok, yeah. I think, but like, Oh, look at how, look at how they fixed that plumbing fix. You know, it's like, yeah. so <laughs> but if, if they can do that for, for candidates, you know, I think I'm all for it. I, you know, yeah, I, I, know. I love it's,
0: it. it. <laughs> it, it I, you know, back to the, the user interface thing, uh, Josh Burson said something the other day that he's really, he's really into candidate to, um, employee experience right now. And, you know, he speaks from a very, pretty big platform. He, he said employee experience is as important as customer experience. I actually think it's more important Mm -hmm. because if you don't have good employee experience, if they're not happy doing what they're doing, then they're not going to be doing a good job, which is going to impact you, whether you're selling something or you're recruiting people or you're servicing you know the employee experience you hit it right on the head employee experience is a huge thing whether you're in hr or you're you know you're on the front lines uh and a lot more work needs to be done to think about it that you know we 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 spend all this time doing these slick front ends for our customers and then the people on the back end are working with band-aids and bailing wire and you know four different systems and three different monitors and trying to, you know, as you say, 10 days to get an offer out. I mean, yeah, it's
1: crazy.
0: There, there's a, <laughs> there's a world of opportunity. That's, uh, yeah. I, I'm seconding your motion. This is an exciting area. I think there's a world <laughs> of opportunity there still.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And, um, we are, we are coming right up to the end of uh, our time together and, uh, really, really fascinating stuff, but I want to shift gears and go into the, uh, rebel HR flash round. So, uh, three quick questions here. Uh, and then we'll wrap up. So uh, you ready? Sure. All right, here we go. Question number one. What is your favorite people
0: book? Favorite people book. A lot of the books I've been reading lately are about sales, <laughs> not about people. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I can't put my finger on it. I'm going to flub this one. I can't put my finger on a good people <laughs> book. I, I'm reading, I'm halfway through a book about the, the sales funnel is dead. And you know that it really makes a lot of sense to me in in the context of the broader job that I'm doing. So yeah, you know, uh, so there's minus one for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> you
0: know, no current hey, this, people book on my bedside.
1: That's okay. There's no. This is not a graded test. So. <laughs> okay. Um, question number two: Who should we be listening to?
0: Yeah. So there are there are three or four people that I listen to with with great frequency. I already mentioned Josh Burson. Um, Madeline Lerano is, um, very, very balanced and thinking a lot about what's going on in technology. Uh, Jonathan Katzenbaum, who runs the Talent Tech Labs, has a really broad platform. Um, and then there's one particular CEO that I listen to a lot. Uh, we, we, do some work with him. His name is, uh, Vinay Johor. He works for, uh, he, he's CEO of R Chili, um, which is the, the core of our, um, what's uh, one of the technologies that's integrated into our system. Um, he just, he's spending a lot of time just thinking about what's going on in our space, in the HR tech space. And he's just got a really down to earth perspective on, on what works and what doesn't work. So those are, so, and, and then, you know, I, I certainly, you know, that, that you've got the corn Ferries and the Harvard business reviews, they're, they're doing some really interesting stuff right now. Um, but you know, in terms of people, those, those three or four people are really, um, top of my list.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Obviously, no Josh Person. I am going to, to check the others out, though. Those are new names, yeah. so I appreciate that. All right, last question. Toughest one so far. How can our listeners connect with you?
0: Ah. <laughs> well, I'm on all the usual platforms. Uh, that's the easy way to get a hold of me, Michael Yinger, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Uh, my my email is michael at sieve. That's pretty easy. Our, our web address is com. Pretty easy to Get to us there as well, and uh, happy to be in a conversation with anybody if it's a question or maybe there's something we can do for you. And uh, you know, our, our application is available for free trial if somebody just wants to check it out.
1: Cool, yeah, we'll have all those links in the show notes. So pop open your podcast listener and and you can hop right in there and and check it out. Uh, really appreciate the time here, and uh, you know, I think just a really insightful conversation. I certainly learned uh, learned a lot, and appreciate you sharing that knowledge with our listeners. Thank you so Happy much.
0: Happy to be here and appreciate the uh, opportunity. Great questions. Thanks, Michael. Have a good one.
1: All right. That does it for the Rebel HR Podcast. Big thank you to our guests. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy, or see our website at RebelHumanResources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast.
0: Baby.